it's an 87th Precinct Podcast bonus episode. This is the bonus episode for book 34 in the series, The Spooky Tome Ghosts, which we didn't necessarily think a great deal of, but, you know, it's something for everyone you might like. It had its moments. It had its moments. It did. Yeah. But we'll do our usual stuff here, mainly about looking at the book covers, and we'll look at our own editions first. And so, for once, we're not actually in the room together because of, you know, the apocalypse and stuff. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm gonna explain what my cover is and then let's see what Morgan and Steve-O have got as well. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, major problem. We're going to have to Go self-huff, on. aren't we? Yeah. This oh, sounds... my goodness. Oh, yeah. And we know that Morgan's huffing has always been a bit suspect, hasn't yeah, it? This yeah, is well. true. Very true. Well, but, you know, for the sake of sake of the audience, we'll have, to, we'll have to go for it. I shall do my best. Yeah. My copy is... The first UK paperback edition, the pan, the pan edition, pan. Uh, with the, the McBain gold stripe edition, with a picture of a white wooden house on the front, mm. which is presumably supposed to be the spooky ghost house. So that's what I've got. There we go. Snap. Ah, How much was thanks. yours? One pound twenty-five on the back. Yeah, one pound twenty-five, and not yeah. for sale in Canada. Yes, yeah, so same. Those unlucky Canadians. Um, mine is the 1981 Book Club Associates um, by arrangement with Hamish Hamilton hardback. Ooh. So, it, so it's like the original hardback, I think, but just smaller, like book club books generally are. So that the one with a staircase and a ghost on it? That's the one. Staircase, oh, wow. cobwebs, ghost. Oh, I can't believe you've got that. We're not able to see it. Well, <laughs> I'll just... Do- a bit like a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just do a quick huff of the middle of my book and see how it goes. Go it's it's standard for the period. It's quite in good, quite in good, quite condition. In quite good condition, my book. So yeah, couldn't, but hear, that's couldn't, all. couldn't hear you huff that though. I'm not sure you did. I'll, hang on, let me try again. <laughs> that's oh, that's more like it. Oh, I must do myself a mischief. <laughs> yeah, so that's all right. I, that's that's standard, basic for a, a good book from that period. Shall I have a go at mine? Yeah, um, yeah, I don't have much luck. I mean, it's, it's in very good nick for an old book, actually, so I, I'm not expecting oh. it to be too too fragrant, but let's have a little go. <laughs> <laughs> How was that? Very that was pretty good. Big huff, that capital H. It's, it's just like a gentle mustiness, but it's, it's not not kind of a 40 year old book kind of um, smell, really. It's, it's pretty mild. Mm. Ooh, oh, sweet! <laughs> There's a sweetness to that. Mm. So it's, it's lovely to hear a master at work, isn't it? Mm. Well, there you go. Yeah. I Which think of even those? remotely, yours probably wins, Steve. Well, I think well. so. I'm glad we've honoured the tradition at least. Yeah. <laughs> so, should we have a look at the original covers? Yeah, um, well, I've got them up on my little gadget now. Oh yeah. Have I'm there's Can one. With- I, I'm looking at one that seems to have Harrison Ford peering through some blue <laughs> fog. <laughs> that is the cover of the original American hardback edition. All right. Okay. Who on so, earth is that? I have no idea. It's <laughs> again. It's one that doesn't say it's an 87th precinct novel on the front. Yeah. Weird. 
It's crap. Not out, <laughs> ten, not, not out of ten for that one. Yeah. Ooh, I do like this. I do like this one though. The next one. Is this the uh, the Hamish Hamilton one? Yeah. The, uh, the, the actual ghost and the stairs and the cobwebs. Yeah. Look at that. I like the bit... font. Yeah, and then the actual picture looks a bit like a still from some kind of moderately budgeted kind of BBC TV yeah. thing, though, at the time. Like, I don't know, maybe like Dark Towers or something from Look and Read. Yeah. Yes, you could it's got a bit of that going on. Wordy, wordy on the back, that <laughs> giant orange thing that used to float yeah. around. <laughs> Talking about the magic E. Magic, <laughs> magic E. <laughs> Smith into smite, bit into bite. <laughs> That's the one. Fit smote anyone. Fit into fight. <laughs> Something like that, anyway. Yeah, my favourite was always dog detective. Dog detective was good. I thought you were going to say dog into Doge. <laughs> Again, we've just lost. I think about ninety-nine percent of our listenership. Yeah. <laughs> No, Look and Read was brilliant. And Dark Towers was the best Look and Read story as well. Mm. Uh, yes. So, yeah, I think that's a good call. It does say it has a, a certain BBC production quality to it. Yeah. Next. Next is American Paperback Edition. Oh, that's a bit of a weird one, that. Is that a mm. dagger on the wall? It's like a, it's a candle in front of, like, a wall, but it looks like a sword or something. Yeah, God knows. It's a hilt of a sword. It's just... It's a bit peculiar, it's... Not out yeah. of ten for that as well. It looks a yeah. bit like, yeah, it, it's more like the cover of some kind of Swedish black metal album from 1986 mm. than, than an Ed McBain book. Yeah. It's a bit strange. But it does have the quote on the cover from Stephen King, who describes it as the best 87th Precinct novel of them all. He's wrong. He's wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well... He's never responded to my uh, tweets, so... It's because he knows he's wrong. He doesn't want to get into an (laughs) argument about it. He doesn't have a leg to stand on. Yeah. Yeah, the last one is the uh, UK paperback edition, which is a house. Yeah, Yeah, but it kind of, as covers go, gives you an inkling about what you might be about to read about. Uh, It probably kind of sort of uh, has a little bit of that Amityville-ness about it as well, doesn't it, I guess? yeah. A classic photograph by Colin Thomas on the pan edition. We're used to those. Yep. Yes. So those are the editions of that then. Okay. Well, should we do some music? Oh, we can do. It's 1980. So this book uh, actually came out on the 1st of May, 1980. Okay. And so I've got the top 10 charts from singles charts. And I've also got the best UK albums of the year as well. If you want to have a stab at any of those. Singles, uh, uh, singles or best albums, best-selling UK albums. Blondie, they must have been around in nineteen eighty. Yeah, Blondie definitely. Call Me is number one in America yeah, at this point. From the American Gigolo soundtrack, is that right? I think. Oh, I take your word for it. Yeah, I, I believe so. Wow. It's number three in the UK charts as well. Hmm. Um, are, are we still in kind of Abba and Boney M territory here, or? Yeah, there was a bit of that. Super Trooper by ABBA was the biggest yeah. selling oh, UK yeah. album of 1980. Anyway, have they got anything in the charts at this point, uh, singles-wise? No. No. Oh. How, how, I know it's a big seller now, but um, Back in Black was 1980. Was that selling in enough quantities to... It wasn't one of the biggest sellers of, of the year. 
I suspect it's earned more than in, you know Cum- cumulative sense. years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, was the wall still a biggest? Oh, the wall, nineteen eighty. Yeah, I. It didn't sell. It wasn't one of the top ten biggest sellers it's of the year. Possibly just still, I guess, counted as one of the biggest sellers in that. And maybe because it wasn't released in nineteen eighty, would it not make it that that list? I don't know. Uh, don't know. I mean, another brick in the wall part two was in the American charts mm. anyway. Oh, so it was, they're there. They're, mm. They've got quite a presence, Pink Floyd. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, that makes sense. Hmm. We've got a Dexys Midnight Runners song as the number one single in the UK. Come on, Eileen. We're before that, are we? Yeah, we are. So, like Gino or... Yeah, yeah. Gino. So Gino is number one in the UK, uh, just above Coming Up by Paul McCartney, mm. which is a great song. It's a corker. Yeah. Is that the one about the frogs? Or is that... <laughs> no, Sadly not. not. <laughs> we'll get there, don't you worry. <laughs> I won't take any, any guff about the frog chorus. It's an exceptional piece of music. <laughs> Love it. Right. Oh, I'll ask you this question. Have you got sexy eyes? <laughs> oh, who was it who did that now? Someone who I don't think is actually a doctor, Dr. Hook. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sexy eyes is in both charts. We've got I'm trying to find things that are common to both charts here, but hmm. there's not there's not masses of them. Hmm. So let's have a little look down. I'll do a quick rundown. Silver Dream Machine by David Essex. God. Takata by Sky. Oh, wow. <laughs> God. I don't know who that is. Sky. Um, John, John Williams. Williams and Julian Lloyd Webber, I think, was in it as well, possibly. Oh, Herbie, I may have Herbie, out there. Herbie Flowers on bass. Oh, right. It was mainly John, yeah, it was mainly John Williams, wasn't he? I think and so, yeah. Another a guitarist, uh, somebody, so. Debar or... Oh, probably. I I don't even yeah. know. It, but yeah, there's, I, I'm guessing that would be some kind of like pop classical arrangement of Bach's Toccata and Fugue. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, I think I do know that one anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, but is it better? Is it better or worse though than the one below it, which is King by UB40? I don't even know that one. Do I? Uh, no, I don't think I do. Yeah, me either. Yeah. Then we've got Working My Way Back to You by the Detroit Spinners. Oh, yeah. Cracking. Good party hit. Yep. Sexy Eyes. Talk of a Town by the Pretenders. Oh, yeah. That's all right. And then Bobby Thurston insists that we check out the groove. Oof. No. That's what's going on in the UK. Mm-hmm. Some of the other ones in America are things like uh, Fire Lake by Bob Seger. Oh, uh, Bob Seger. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Ruffin's Holding On To My Love. Mm. Yeah. Okay, and Christopher Cross is riding like the wind. Oh yeah, that's a, a oh, bit of a Radio right, Two yeah. classic, isn't it? <laughs> Just like that. Yeah, there's one called "Lost in Love" by Air Supply. Oh yeah, I don't know the song, but, but I'm trying to think what their famous one was that might have been a hit here too. Like a very drippy soft rock. Yeah. Uh, Billy Preston and Cyrita, whoever that is, as with With You I'm Born Again. Oh, yeah, Cyrita Garrett, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. And um, the Eagles have a, a top 10 hit with I Can't Tell You Why. Oh, it was the long run was out in 1980, oh, yeah. wasn't it? Or 79. 
So, I mean, the actually, the album's chart doesn't really reflect that top 10 anyway, not that little snapshot mm. any of it, apart from, so we've got Abba at the top of that. Zenyatta Mondata by the police. Oh, of course, yeah, they'd be uh, on the on the uh, ascendance at the time. Yeah. Greatest hits of Rose Royce. Wow. <laughs> Guilty by Barbara Streisand. <sighs> Pretenders by Pretenders. Regatta de Blanc by The Police. <laughs> and the next one is a Roxy Music album. Uh, Manifesto. No. Oh, God, what was the one before or after that? Don't tell me. <laughs> uh, talk about something else whilst I have a bit of a <laughs> Okay, well, we move down to Manilow Magic, the best of Barry Manilow. Wow. By Barry Manilow. Off the Wall by Michael Jackson. Oh, of course, uh, yeah. And... Oh, a Genesis album as well. Um, Avocado, oh, that... no, that one, Duke. Duke. Yeah. Have you got an answer on Roxy Music yet? No, Stephen? I'm thinking about that because I because it's not it's not Avalon yet, and it, they, they did three albums after their hiatus. Manifesto. Uh, Manifesto, Avalon. Right, so, so, uh, carry on, carry on. <laughs> oh, we'll be moving way on from this then if we do that, though. That's okay. Oh, well, I'll just we go. I probably... I'll let you keep. It's a Roxy music album. At uh, so you keep thinking about that. <laughs> and we'll we'll move on to uh, the top films of 1980. And I think I've seen all but one of the top grossing mm. American films of 1980. Let me know what you think about The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, um, I think it's great, yeah. It's a corker. Yep. Yeah, that's the number one film of the year. That makes sense. Nine to Five. Oh, yeah, Dolly Parton and Jane Fonda. Yeah, another, another good film, that. Never yeah. seen that. Oh, it's worth a watch, that. It's really good. Uh, Stir Crazy at number three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a silly film. But it's not quite as silly as number four, which is Airplane. <laughs> Marvellous It's just an absolute phenomenon that film Any which way you can Oh yeah oh, Was that the same year as uh, oh, yeah. well, I thought that was earlier Any it, which way you can is, Must you know, be something about I was watching uh, Sudden Death or whatever it's called One of the later Harry Callahan movies hmm. uh, uh, Sudden Impact Sudden Impact And there he's, he's, followed, he's been followed around by this dog it's as though Clint Eastwood demanded that all his films at that point in his career had like strong animal roles. An animal companion. He should have just kept the orangutan in, in every film he was in. <laughs> yeah, that could have been good. I'd have loved to see him Dirty Harry film with an orangutan just there. F- uh, Flesh and Blood, that album. Yes, that's the yes, album. Get in there. Get in there. And I've not consulted but, anything. I've remembered that on my own brain. That's okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can move on now. Private Benjamin is at number six. Oh, yeah. at Goldie Horn. Coal Miner's Daughter. Is the, that's not a bad film. Biopic. No, at number eight, the classic Smokey and the Bandit 2. Right, oh. Then at number nine, a film I've not seen, which is The Blue Lagoon. Uh, it's Brooke Shields, is it? I think so, yeah. Romantic comedy type thing, possibly? I don't know. I, I, I've not seen it either. Yeah. But number 10, one of my all-time favourite films, is The Blues Brothers. Mm-hmm. Tremendous. Right, okay. What about other films in the... Oh, 
Oh, there's all my list of some highlights of other films I've got here, such as The Great Rock and Roll Swindle. Ooh, uh, yeah. Not seen it. <laughs> not, not actually a great film. Um, I, I was really excited when I, I managed to get it on video when I was a kid, and then it's just mainly uh, Malcolm McLaren massaging his ego. It's, uh, yeah, quite a hard watch, actually. What, is it a yeah. documentary or...? It's bits of bits of documentary, bits of daft sort of fantasy, bits of archive Sex Pistols footage, certain bits of um, Steve Jones and Paul Cook being made to make records with Ronnie Biggs, the great train robber. It's it's a bit peculiar. Blimey. Ed Tudor Paul singing. Uh, you know, <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> An interesting cultural artifact, if nothing else. Yeah, that's that's mainly what you can say about it. I mean, there's some big films like The Shining and The Elephant Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great films both, yep. Superman 2, which is a very good sequel. Mm-hmm. Flash Gordon. <laughs> dum, 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 yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, it's good. I've always liked Flash Gordon. Yeah, that used to be one of those brilliant films you could just come across on a bank holiday and just sit and... You'd end up watching all of it. Yeah, on fr- frequently. Brian Blessed yeah. and Timothy Dalton. Yes. It's, uh, Top uh, all. <laughs> but paling into insignificance compared to the greatness that is North Sea Hydro. Oh, of course, 1980. <laughs> the very beginning when you said, what, what do I know about 1980? God, yeah. This escaped <laughs> me. I, it's a such a ludicrous film, but it's so good. It's such a good, fun film. <laughs> I watched Juggernaut the other day. Remember we talking about that? I think I talked to it about on this podcast as well. You may well have done. The one about the uh, the bombs on the ocean liner. Richard Harris is a bomb disposal expert. It's, it's out of the same school of film as... Uh, North Sea Hijacked. North Sea Hijacked, you know, like aquatic disaster movies, <laughs> I suppose. Maritime yeah. calamities. Yeah, but North Sea Hijack is an absolute rip-snorter, really is. It is. A misogynist, cat-loving, cat yeah, <laughs> it's just so strange. Tapestry-making, oh, it's... Go watch it, everyone. Although it's called Folks in the America, so... Yeah, for folks. Yeah, with two Fs. That's brilliant. Everyone should watch it, and we'll just we'll just do. We a can do a forty-episode <laughs> podcast about that, couldn't we? Yeah, cigarette Kramer. <laughs> Let's see. I've got a quick few other films here as well. The Fog comes out. Oh yeah. Popeye, which is a very strange it's a peculiar film. one, isn't it? Robert Altman. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite good, but it's just weird. We get both Cannibal and Zombie Holocaust come out. Right. Okay. And Dario Argento gives us Inferno, which I've never seen. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, that's a bit go- oh. that's a bit ghostly as well. How appropriate! Yeah, mm-hmm. it's quite good. It's quite good, Inferno. <laughs> it's got its moments, but then again, yeah. it's fairly uh, ridiculous, as you might imagine. And Disney give us Herbie Goes Bananas. Oh right, okay. <laughs> that's not the one with the witch hunting, is it? <laughs> There wasn't many bananas in uh, <laughs> in Norfolk, in <laughs> wherever it was. Yeah, imagine that—the uh, puritanical 
puritanical residents of East Anglia get attacked with bananas and they have to enlist the help of a man driving an as yet uninvented German family car around the rutted roads of uh, tracks and greenways of uh, Of later medieval England. It's a a good pitch. Oh dear. I bet that was was the first draft that they took in the office. Oh, dear me. Does anybody oh. know whether Cromwell liked bananas? Anyway, a little bit of TV show history here. <coughs> Excuse me. There's a couple of good debuts in America. A series called Mystery Starts in America, which is an anthology series which basically showed all the British crime and mystery shows. So for a lot of people in America... Mystery was where they would have first seen things like Rumpole of the Bailey, the Sherlock Holmes adaptations, Inspector Morse. Wow. And it was originally presented by Jean Shalit, then Vincent Price, then <laughs> Diana Rigg. Wow. Okay. So they had like little linking bits at the start. Amazing. Really nice Edward Gorey animation as well to introduce it. And it, it, runs, it runs to this day. So... Anyone who's watching Morse or Endeavour or Lewis or any of that, that's presented as part of the mystery slot. Oh, okay. So that's quite good, isn't it? That's excellent. Today on Mystery, a grumpy man in Oxford drinks real ale and makes serious blunders on the way to solving a crime. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. <laughs> yep. Slightly more dynamic than Inspector Morse is Magnum P.I., which oh. starts in 1980. And the American version of Blockbusters, or rather the original version of Blockbusters, the quiz show. What? What? Blockbusters, the quiz show, starts in America oh. before before it starts here. What was it called? Blockbusters. Oh. <laughs> I had no oh. idea that was an American format. So it, I, no. I think because our version just seems so English with all the kind of Bob Holness being Bob Holness and sniggering students going, can I have a pee please, Bob, etc. <laughs> you know, think of, uh, if that being an American show, but there we go. Yes, it came as a surprise to me. Yeah. Whereas we have some debuts in the UK for such shows as Heidi High. All right, okay. I'd because love, it's would have loved it if that had been an, an adaptation of an American show. <laughs> yeah, which for anyone who doesn't know Heidi High, it is a sitcom based around the exploits of holiday camp workers in 1950s Britain. It's a hit. Yeah, but it, it was a hit. It's still being repeated. Yeah, it, it doesn't sound very plausibly like a hit, does it, from the description? But uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, mildly amusing at best. Yeah, <laughs> you have a fat man, you have a thin man. Well, there's the comedy right there. That's it. The basis of all comedy. Yeah. What else have we got? We've got uh, a couple of cartoons that we would have been brought up on as kids. Anyway, King Rollo. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That. Little sideways. He was like animation. a Danish king or something, wasn't he? Essentially, or something like that, mm. isn't it? But I remember more fondly Button Moon. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I've seen that live. It's my claim to fame. That is an excellent claim to fame. The uh, the Bradford Alhambra Theatre. <laughs> That's marvelous. That's absolutely marvelous. For anyone who doesn't know Button Moon, it was essentially a like sort of three or four minutes kids show. And it was about 
a wooden spoon who went into space in a tin of baked beans. He was, he was called <laughs> Mr. Spoon. He was called Mr. Spoon, and there was other members of the Spoon family. And he, he was made out of a spoon, and that yeah. was also his name. Yeah, and the moon was a button. Yeah. yeah. Which, even as a child, I was baffled by how they could land on a button, which seemed to change size when they were on it, <laughs> compared to when they were looking at it and landing on it. Well, that's, that's perspective, isn't it? <laughs> Scale. It also has a beautiful theme song, but it's really wistful. It, is. it makes me feel quite sad. Yeah. Don't want me to sing it to you? No. Yes, please. After <laughs> Button Moon. Oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'll just finish off with it. If you were in Scotland, you'd have started, well, I think across the UK, in fact, you'd have started watching Take the High Road. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was a soap opera, wasn't it? And. Do you always get a bit mixed up with that and Highway? The religious program with uh, Harry Seacombe. Yeah. <laughs> Highway. So what was the soap opera called? Take the High Road. Mm. Was it about the sort of uneventful life of people in some Scottish village, basically? Essentially, yes. Yeah. In fact, I think the village is on... the Dalach in Scotland is not far from the little village where that was filmed. Because I was there not long ago. Mm. Do they have any episodes featuring ghosts, I wonder? I don't know. Probably loads. Yeah. It's a very ghostly area. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm not going to linger much longer over this bonus episode because it's we're just living a very bizarre life at the moment. <laughs> um, but we did get a question from our friend Andrew, Andy on Twitter, at Much Ado About Nil, who did ask us, other than reading and carry on movie marathons, mm. what, what are we doing to stay sane during this quarantine period? So, I don't think I am staying sane. That's the problem. No, uh, not a lot, really. I don't know. Yeah. I've done a, quite a lot of household chores. I don't think my house has ever been tidier or, cl- mm. or cleaner. Well, not that that takes very much, actually. But... I'm sure the cats have uh, enjoyed you being around all the yeah, time. Well, they have, yeah. Fast asleep at the moment. Which is what they would be even if you weren't there. So, Yeah. Yeah, I've not been doing much unusual. I've been doing a little bit of painting of Lord of the Rings miniatures. But I think it's knowing that I'm in now for an unspecified amount of time means I don't want to like just do everything all at once. No. And so then I start to get a bit fidgety and I can't concentrate on one thing. Yeah, I've which, been a bit bit like that. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I totally get that uh, similar situation here, really. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not sort of doing anything particularly unusual. I'm just doing sort of more of the things that I'd normally be doing anyway, mm. I guess. Playing the guitar a lot. I'm trying to ration out the uh, hammer movies box set that i was given for my birthday um so that that can get me through quite a long time i've only Ooh. i've been very good i've only watched one so far is that the is that the big box set thing? it's a fairly big box set it's got 21 movies in it oh my lord um so i've only watched rasputin uh the, the mad monk so far which was great oh. i've not seen that one before no no um, I take it that's the, the horror movies, and it's you haven't got on the buses and mutiny on the buses. It's it's, it's not. It doesn't have the on the buses movies in, but it's not not a hundred percent horror. It's got some more kind of fancy things in too. So there's uh, she and the sequel to that in there, and uh, yeah. uh, and a couple of other bits, um, but mainly horror films. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's good fun, a good little assortment. So. 
uh, yeah, I'll be be very gradually kind of uh, working my way through that. I think. Excellent stuff. Well, I've got Disney Plus, which has just come out, or rather, I've got my, I've got a spare login off my brother, and with all this history of Disney at my fingertips now, I have watched Chippendale Rescue Rangers <laughs> and Gummy Bears. Is one of our dinosaurs <laughs> missing on there? Is it the whole, is, is it the whole of the Disney output? Apart from the really, really racist things. Yeah, and I believe, I believe some of them do have racial stereotype warnings on them, which I would imagine would be in place for one of our dinosaurs. Well, but I've not checked to see if it's there, but yeah, I'll have a look. It's, uh, yeah, a representation of uh, Chinese people's not the best. No, it's, it's a little bit difficult to, to view with it's modern eyes. Scarring not one single... <laughs> yeah, out of all of the history of Disney, I've managed to watch episodes of cartoons that I watched in 1990 that I don't know I'll get get stuck into the other stuff anyway watch the Mandalorian the Star Wars thing that was good oh I'll tell you one thing I have done I I, well I I bought 10 Fairport convention albums for six pounds this was at the beginning of the lockdown so I I got those classic album things Ah, right because I was going to say I got um, many Fairport convention albums for not very much money but because someone had dropped off their collection in in a nearby Oxfam um, lots of the 90s and early 2000s stuff oh um might go and get so, those when it reopens. No one will be going to the shop at the moment, so they're not no. going to go anywhere, are they? Very true. Nope. They're, 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 there's going to be a few still there, but uh, yeah, I've, I've been taking a very deep dive into Fairport Convention mm-hmm. as well. I'm very concerned that I haven't stockpiled Fairport Convention albums no. in the way that you two have. I feel like you might have missed a trick there, yeah. Yeah, I think I should have been panic buying that, that <laughs> stuff. Anyway, yeah, so it's we have an, an as yet undetermined stretch of time of houseboundness ahead of us all. So who knows what we'll get up to. And if anyone out there listening is doing anything interesting or anything relevant to the podcast or anything at all, or you want to chat to us, because it is a very bizarre time. So do feel free to contact us on Twitter or Facebook or anywhere if you just want to chat about things, because social media is now... Super important, I think. Yeah, it, it's yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know. People have criticised it in the past for stopping people from sort of conducting normal social social interaction, but now it's the only kind of interaction we've got. It it is really important, I think. So, yeah. yeah. And maybe they'll start putting interesting stuff on telly to fill up the gaps where all the things that they can't make anymore. Oh, te- telly is absolutely awful at the moment, isn't it? It's not great. It's just repeating the same bloody films every single week. I'm sick of it. I have to watch US Marshals again. <laughs> I tell you, I am, I am not exaggerating if I say that that film has been on 20 times in the last year. Do you know, I've never seen it. <laughs> oh, put your telly on now. It'll be on. on. Steve has watched it 20 times. So that's the one that's it's the Fugitive sequel, is it? It is, yeah. The Fugitive's on a lot. And then this is on. Gosh. It's probably cheaper than The Fugitive, so they can show it more often. Oh, so, yeah. God, it's, it's, it's exactly the same film as well. It's just got Wesley Snipes instead of Harrison Ford. <laughs> same plot, same. Everything's the same. 
<laughs> well, there we go. That's the answer to the question that Andrew sent to us. We're just watching US Marshals over yeah. and over and over again. Yeah, and I'm sure you are as well. It's on every channel all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Not even any news. We replaced it with US Marshals. <laughs> oh, excellent stuff. Well, I think we'll finish up on the bonus episode there. Anyway, I know we've just talked about films and stuff and not much McBaining, but weird times call for weird conversations. It's true. <laughs> yeah. So we will be back with the next book at some point, which is Heat. And I'm going to say ta to everyone. So ta everyone. Goodbye. And fairly well. Goodbye.